What's happening, people? Welcome to the Strength Connection Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Michael Krakowski. So today, I am joined by Belma McCaffrey. She's the founder and CEO of Work Bigger, where she coaches high achievers in finding their purposes in their careers. So I was excited to connect with Belma and talk to her about her process in helping those who have found success in their lives already, but still feel like something's missing and they aren't aligning with what they feel they're meant to do. This has such synergy with the people that I work with in strength because there's a huge population of us who are past the beginning phases and they've built success but find ourselves stuck not knowing what to do next. So Belma breaks it down beautifully into how, how to align your interests, your values, and your strengths to see what path works best for you. Such awesome, incredible energy in this conversation. I know you'll get a lot of great value from listening to Belma. So with that, we'll get to it. If you like this episode and you want to show the podcast some love, please rate and review it wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe. You can catch all new episodes that are dropped every single week. All right. Thank you very much. Now let's get on with the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Belma, thank you so much for coming on. So nice to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, no doubt. So um, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. I've been looking at the work that you do and helping people find purpose. We're going to go deep pretty quickly here right off the bat. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I, I really, I love this topic. And when I was, you know, seeing the work that you do, I thought there was a really interesting synergy um, with, uh, with what we do, because like in the strength world, I work with a lot of people who they're not at the beginning steps as much anymore. Like they've found some success. They've lost their weight. They've built their strength. They have the discipline down, but there gets to a point where what you did in the past doesn't work the same way anymore. You've kind of graduated out of that. And I know on the, on the career side as well, like people, they get successful. I was in that boat. Like I checked off all the boxes. I had the great job. I had the salary. I was a management. I had the house and I still felt like something was missing and kind of like, I felt like my purpose wasn't there. And I know you built work bigger, which does primarily that helps people kind of navigate in this world. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation. I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. And thank you for calling all that out. I think, um, yeah, we can go as deep as you want. The purpose piece is so foundational, I think, to everything that we do. Uh, So yeah, I can't, can't wait to dive in. Perfect. Yeah. So we'll get to that. I do. I'd love to kind of know where this all started for you. Um, I know you came from Albania, you're a refugee, Mm -hmm. which eventually led you to everything that you're doing now. So if you could a little bit of the timeline, like how was it kind of growing up? What eventually led you into the States here and what you're doing now? Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. I was born in Albania and I left when we were seven. Uh, Albania, for anybody who's not familiar, is a small country in Europe. It was communist. It was a communist country for many years under dictatorship. So my family grew up in this terrible environment and they were heavily oppressed by the government. So when communism collapsed, we and the country actually, when we left, was um, in a really difficult state, and we were able to get refugee status and and leave. It's you know my parents and my two siblings. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we couldn't come to the U.S. right away. We had you know we lived in Italy for a little bit, and then eventually came here. I was eight years old by the time we arrived, and it was definitely an adjustment. I remember you know not speaking the language and 
being really eager to make friends and adjust to a new culture, but also, you know, being like an awkward eight-year-old and yeah. like navigating a new country, which was really challenging. Um, but, you know, I got, I got acclimated to it, I, I would say faster than adults, you know, you learn the language you, and all of that. Um, I didn't realize for my work, I run a company called Work Bigger and I'm a career and leadership coach. And I, I didn't really connect the dots on the impact that being a refugee had on me and not just being a refugee, but being in my family and growing up with the parents that I have. Uh, I grew up seeing my parents working a lot. My dad um, has always had like three jobs. He's a crazy workaholic. I wouldn't recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I learned a lot about work ethic from yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And we went back to Albania in 2019 and I'm sitting at the beach with my mom. It's changed a lot now and it is a beautiful country. Yeah. And she, yeah, we're just sitting there having a conversation about the people. And she made this comment to me and she said, to work hard is to love life. And I was like, oh, yeah, to work hard is to love life. And wow. I, oh, that's... <laughs> It's that it's is big. That, yeah. that's going deep right off the bat. Wow, I love that. Yeah, it, me too. And it was in that moment that I realized it was like I started to connect the dots for myself, just the impact that my upbringing has had on me that has led me to start a business about work and leveraging work so that it is a vehicle essentially to to build and create a better life for yourself. It's Mm -hmm. not a vehicle to check off all the boxes and achieve all the things. It's a vehicle to build a better life for yourself. And I saw, I saw my parents doing that with everything, like fighting to get, you know, to get us out of Albania at such Mm -hmm. a difficult time. And then seeing them fighting to get acclimated here and adjust to, to this totally new place. You know, they were like my, like I'm 39 now. They're my age when they came here and they had three little kids and I just can't imagine like what they were going through. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, um, that's my refugee story. It's, it's, I'm really proud of Mm -hmm. being Albanian and uh, coming from where I come from. And I also consider myself really lucky to have the parents that I have because they are, have just been a huge part of, of my growth journey. No doubt. Well, it's kind of, I mean, it was probably such necessity that you just do what you have to do um, Mm -hmm. of being, you know, immigrant status and coming over and taking care of your family. Like if two jobs isn't working, you got to find that third, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's like, it's such, it's probably, they probably didn't even see it as work ethic, right? They probably saw it almost as like, this is what we have to do. This is what you do for life. So you can take care of everything else. Yeah. And I think for my dad, he for him, like one of his biggest dreams and goals in life was to come here and to, mm-hmm. to get us here. So there, and I think even to this day, he really approaches work from a place of gratitude. So mm-hmm. while I don't recommend, you know, being a workaholic, um, I know for him, it's just different. You know, he had a different upbringing, different experience. Right. And, um, that, that gratitude that he has for work, you know, I think there's a lot of good things to take from that. Yeah. Do you remember much at all of being in the communist state and what that experience was like? Yeah. So by the time I was, I remember first grade because I I was in first grade there. Um, I have memories from that time. 
the dictator was no longer around, but at least I don't, I don't think I'm trying to do the math of the years. What I remember is I would go to school and we would be taught positive things about the government. And then I would go home and it was like very hush hush. I would hear my parents uh, saying very negative things about the government. And it was, and then, then telling us like, don't repeat this, like keep this quiet. And I remember feeling very confused as a child, like my teachers were telling me one thing and then at home I was hearing different things and I could feel like the dissonance in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have, you know, other memories, like we didn't grow up with a lot. We lived in a really small apartment. You know, my, <laughs> I was talking about this with my husband the other day, but I was giving, it's like the holiday season. Right. And I was like, when we grew up, I'm like, we didn't really have gifts. I had like two balloons and I have a lot of stories like that. And my husband's like, I can't believe you're telling our kids this. I'm like, but it's true. Like I didn't have a lot of stuff. I'm like two colored pencils and that's it. Kids today have so much. So I have a lot of memories like that of, you know, just not, not having a lot. And yeah. Yeah. Well, rich in love, right. Growing up yeah. with a family like that. Yeah. yeah. It is. I mean, it's, it's such a, an interesting thing. I think we can get, you know, you hope you don't, you don't, you hope you don't feel this way, but oftentimes I think we can get very jaded with all the things that we do have, especially mm-hmm. specifically in this country, that these things are not everywhere in the world where you can't just speak freely about everything. So having that experience and just having that in the back, it probably just naturally help you default to gratitude a little bit more mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. It makes the work a little less strenuous, probably. It's just a little less weight on your shoulders knowing that your dad was kind of living the dream at that point, yeah. you know, with the yeah. family of getting in. So kind of moving forward then, like you, I know you graduated from Syracuse, go orange. Okay. Rock out Yay. from there. Okay. And then I believe you were like in a career, kind of checking off the boxes and stuff, but still felt like something was missing, which kind of led you down this path. What was that experience like? Did, did you know it early on that? Like, I don't know if this is what I need or kind of what was that experience like? Yeah. So I was one of those kids that, really wanted to figure out what I wanted to do, but I had no idea what that was. You know how there's the kids that you grew up with? My sister was one of these kids. She's like, I want to be an accountant. I'm like, how do you know this at like such a young age? And who are you? I wasn't one of those kids, you know? So I, when I was in school, I was like trying to figure out my major. It just, I found the whole thing really stressful. I graduated. I ended up in media because I'm like, well, this is what I majored in. So let me just do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was super excited, super ambitious, but something just wasn't connecting for me. And I thought I was like, well, okay, I think it's the job's fault. You know, maybe I'm not in the right job role. Maybe it's the company, you know, finding whatever external factor I could right. to like blame essentially. Cause like I, I didn't close know. The loop. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know what the challenge was. So I said, okay, I'm going to go find another job. And then I did that a couple of times and I'm like, something's not right. Like what I, I need to dig deeper here, but it took me a while. Uh, I went back to business school at the time, business, you know, business school or grad school was the thing that you did. And I think people still do this today, right. To, to pivot or to help you make a change. I was worried about being pigeonholed in media. I, and I, I didn't know what direction to take. I also deep down had this pull towards entrepreneurship but mm-hmm. I, I didn't know where to get started. So I thought mm-hmm. business school might be the next step for me. Okay. And when I got there, I saw that all of my classmates were looking at business school as an opportunity to pivot. And they were like 
hoping that it would solve, everybody was struggling with the same challenges I was like, we don't know what we want to do. We think this is going to be a great next step. And I was like, this is I'm like, why? I like, I think there has to be a different way because grad school is so much money. It's so much time you're giving up usually either a full-time or a part-time salary. So that's right. additional money that, you know, that you're losing out on or investing. Like we need to be more clear on the return here. Uh, as I started to unpack this, I discovered coaching and then that's what led me to coaching. Mm. And that's how, that's how I got here. So it was through that, that pain point, you know, and through my yeah. own challenge and spending time really exploring that and, and trying to figure out a way through that. Yeah. It's uh, you know, we see it so much in the strength and conditioning and fitness world too, of like, we, we don't know what avenue to take. So whatever, it's just kind of net, I'm just going to jump to the next program. And you get that there's like a rush of something that's new because everything is hope in front of you. You hope this is the savior that I've been looking for to close the loop. And then all of a sudden you're two weeks in or whatever is down and you realize this is the same pattern mm -hmm. that's going over. And that's the more you do that, the more frustrating it is. You can feel so lost in there when it's like so many people I'm sure are just in that mindset of like, this can't be the right thing, but what the hell do I do? Like, what is it in there? What was it? How did you find coaching? Like, how was that path? Like where, what opened up? Did you have a coach or did you just like see something different? What was that like? I, I didn't have a coach. And actually when I was trying to figure this whole thing out, I wish there were more coaches at the time because I could have really used one. Um, but when I was in business school, I met two friends who had similar struggles and we had this idea to start a business and we're like, we're going to figure this out. Um, and we started learning more about coaching and we tried to launch a company called Bold, which is, which was at the time focused on women and helping them navigate careers. Okay. But it didn't, it didn't work out. I graduated business school. I was trying to get bold off the ground with my two friends. I was also pregnant with my first son. And uh, I took a full-time job at the Associated Press. So I honestly, I was like doing way too much. And we, I, you know, I had my son, I ended up burning out and we shut down that company. And I said, you know, I really am finding a lot of value in everything I'm learning about coaching, mm -hmm. but I'm not going about this the right way. Like I should not be starting a business and burning out and trying to navigate new motherhood while working full time. This is insane. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. So I took a pause and I said, I'm going to still start my own business and I'm going to continue this coaching path, but I'm going to do it in a way that feels healthy. And at the time that looked like me blogging. So I started blogging okay. and writing and it was really therapeutic. It helped me process my burnout. It helped me process my own career struggles, uh, my own leadership journey. And I started taking a huge interest in behavior change, human behavior, psychology, neuroscience, and mm -hmm. um, and then I, from there, I negotiated a part-time role at my company because okay. I wanted to focus on coaching more. Um, and then eventually I left and focused on it full-time. So it was accidental, you know, it, it wasn't intentional. And for a long time, I like wouldn't call myself a coach. I was like, no, I don't mm -hmm. know. If this is what I want to do. I was like really weird about it. Um, and then I had yeah. to be like, no, this is, this is who I am. I love it. 
Okay. Did you, yeah. when you, when you pivoted from like full-time job kind of and everything in there and kind of used like, all right, I'm going to start the blog. This is kind of a little maybe cathartic of like more therapeutic kind of get this information out at that point. Did you know right away? Like, okay, this feels like a better path or was it still very much in your mind? Like I still don't know where the hell I am and just, well, I'll just try this right now. And then eventually it started to gain some traction and some ground. Yeah. When I started the blog, I was clear on a few things. I knew I wanted to start my own business. Okay. I knew that uh, writing felt really good for me in that moment. And I really, like I chose to follow that flow um, <laughs> and I knew I wanted to use my voice. And then the, the fourth thing I knew I wanted to focus on the career space because that was tied to a significant pain point and personal experience that just felt really important to me. Mm-hmm. And during that time, when I started writing the blog is when I started to put together my framework on finding your purpose. So I started taking all of these pieces around my own struggle. And I remember looking at my values, the things that, you know, everything that I was a stand for at the time, and it was most important to me. And I asked myself, I'm like, where did these values come from? What are the experiences that I've had that have shaped, Mm. that have shaped who I've come? And I started to unpack those experiences, you know, like my struggles in in corporate America, my my struggles, uh, just navigating my career path, all of that was in there. And that allowed me to feel super connected to the career space. And I was like, okay, I really, I really want to spend more time in this area and adding value here. Yeah. That's interesting. The the word that you brought up there is like, what do you value? I think that's such an interesting question that we don't ask ourselves a lot. I got asked that by one of uh, my coaches a couple of years ago of like, yeah. what are the things you hold most valuable? And I had a hard time answering that question because you almost, you kind of get a little, you can get a little hamster wheel of just mm-hmm. rolling through your practices and going in and yeah, you kind of, this feels good. This feels, but then oftentimes there's a lot of just kind of dull feeling from it. It's like, all right, what do you really value the most? And are you actually putting time towards what you value the most? And I realized like, oh shit, like I'm not doing that. Like I need to make a a pivot. Otherwise this is going to just keep going down that path. So I think that's, it's a really powerful question to not only ask yourself, but really ponder, like take some time to, to go into Yeah, I think values are so important. And I grew up hearing this word, you know, in in, in, my corporate jobs, companies talked about values, but it's exactly to your point, like you really need to sit down and be thoughtful about it and like, just look inward. Like, what are those, what are those things that are most important to you? What do you stand for? Like, what is the thing that fires you up? And it's so important when we connect to that, you know, we have that emotional connection, whether it's to our work, to our family, whatever it is, we're, we're just so, so much more grounded. Yeah. When you were getting and started in your blog, like, I'd love to ask you about your writing process of how you did yeah. your blog. Um, is it, how did you go about it? Was there specific topics that you're like, all right, I'm going to dive into this today? Or did you do it mm-hmm. more of almost like a personal journal, like getting your feelings out of what you thought on this? What was your process like? Yeah, it was more the latter. So I would blog once a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was my commitment. (laughs) And I would sit down and I would just, whatever was present, I would start journaling. 
or writing essentially. And then I found myself like writing out the solutions. So if I was really struggling with imposter syndrome or a lack of confidence, I would talk about that. I would talk about what that was like. And then I would talk through the solution. And the solution is something that, you know, I had applied or maybe it's something that I'd been reading and integrating into my whole, into my life. And then I was able to uh, put it out there as advice or guidance for, for readers. Yeah. And the just journaling practice, writing it down, it's such a powerful practice that you get in there. So anybody that I've worked with, I've kind of said the same thing, like start journaling, just get it out of your head and just start asking those questions. It's amazing what you find through all the cobwebs. Once you start just getting that pen to paper or just start typing it out and just getting these things out, all of a sudden some real clarity comes pretty quickly from that. Totally. And I think like so much came out of that experience, like my whole framework on finding your purpose. I was able to, to explore that a little bit more. And I wasn't too hard on myself either. I, I know like writer's block can often be an issue, but I just approached it as like, kind of like exactly what you said, like, I'm just going to empty my mind yeah, and I'm going to let this be imperfect and I can always edit later. And yeah. that was a really helpful approach. Yeah, I remember I was recommended a book uh, by Julia Cameron called The Artist's Way, which was about that. I don't know if you ever, okay, you you know that book. Yes, I know that book. I don't know if I've read it. Maybe I have. I, I Like, I can't keep track now of all the books that I've read. I know, but. right? It's, there's a million of it. But she kind of, she dives into that connection of the creative process, the spiritual connection with it as well. And oh, what she that. has you do first is like morning pages where you just, you go up and it's just pen to paper stream of consciousness and tells you in there like, look, this is going to make no fucking sense at all. Like you're barely going to read your handwriting. Like, don't worry about it. Just start getting the volume in. And what Mm -hmm. I realized is like, after like a page and a half of nonsense, some things started to get really clear of like, all right, this is what I was actually thinking, actually get some coherent thoughts of getting in, but you need to kind of get through just that initial vox. So I don't know, like I've, I, that brought me to a point where I'm like, I don't believe in writer's block. I'm like, I think there's like, there's, it means, no, you're just, you got some resistance that's going on. There's a tendency mm-hmm. that you have to just shift your focus. But if you just keep that pen to paper of going in, and then you start all of a sudden you find your framework, like what you did with yeah. finding your purpose, which is kind of what I'd like to ask you about. Like that term, find your purpose. Like, I mean, that's a deep, that's a big question right there of like finding your purpose from there. How do you go about that? Like when people come and they are, you know, seeking your counsel and they're looking to get in and work with you, is there a specific like route of questions that you have them go through of kind of getting this down? Like what's this process like for somebody who's maybe facing burnout or really looking to to make this switch up? Yeah. So I think that we have uh, three areas that we look at when we help our clients find their purpose. First is their interests. Like Mm -hmm. what are the things that you're interested in? Right. And that's like, what are you interested in today? What podcasts are you listening to? What Mm -hmm. books do you find yourself gravitating towards? What do you find yourself doing day to day that just really energizes you? Mm -hmm. So really just doing a brain dump around those interests. Uh, And we start there and then we look at values like, what are the, what, what do you stand for? And with values, values and interests, I really like to explore the experiences. Like what, first, what are, what is it that your interests are giving you? And what I found was that when people really look at what 
certain books are giving them, or let's say like one of their interests is cooking, right? What, what is cooking giving you? What is time with your family giving you? That can often lead you to your values, right? For example, one of my clients who really loved cooking, what she was seeking is connection. Cooking for her represented connecting with family. So I think your interests can really serve as a vehicle to your values, you know, and then we also look at values separately. And when we do that, we ask questions like, what were the experiences that you had as a child that, that makes this important to you? All right. And then, so those are the, the two most critical pieces, because I think they invite you to go really deep and connect yeah. your why and what's most important to you. And then we look at your strengths, mm-hmm. right? Which is, what are you really good at? And not just what are you good at, but like, when do you feel most in flow? Like mm-hmm. what, what are you doing when you're losing track of time? And you can look at previous job roles that you've had. You can look at what, if your job role right now is really tough and you feel like you're never in flow, you can look at what you're doing outside of work or even previous jobs. Mm-hmm. And then that allows people to, one, I think strengths are just really important for feeling more engaged at yeah. work, but it can also inform the job role. Like, and it should inform the job role, like what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. We want right. to be in alignment with our strengths. The more that we are, the more, um, yeah, engaged we're going to be with our work. So those right. are the three areas we look at. And then we bring all of that together to see, mm-hmm. to see where, what, you know, what purpose statement comes out of that. Yeah. I love, you know, it's interesting with the strengths piece. Do you find that, do people have a hard time kind of like going into those? It seems like Oftentimes, specifically when you're you're in that negative mindset or you're feeling that feeling of overwhelm, it can almost be really challenging to say, well, I'm not good at anything or like, well, it's, it's this isn't really a strength or not. Like, I don't know, like we downplay our own strengths because oftentimes I don't think we get a lot of encouragement from it. Like, especially if you're in a toxic culture or you're in a toxic relationship, like you're not getting a lot of external validation on these things. And especially I know as, you know, as a man and as guys, like we don't, we think that seeking validation out or like asking about those things and like being, yeah, you know what? I am really good at that. Like it makes us almost think that we need that when we're like, no, we don't need anything. We're like, Mm -hmm. we're headstrong and uh, you know, we're, you know, we can take care of ourselves with that. Like, do you find that is it, is one of these like finding interest or values or strengths is one harder for people, it seems, to get out than others? Yeah, such such good questions. Thank you for asking that. I think they can be difficult in different ways. So I think interest and values can be tough for people because they haven't uh, given themselves the space to go inward in that way. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that can be challenging. But I mean, we have, I have like a ton of journal prompts to help yeah. people, to help guide people and um, it's amazing what comes out when you carve out the space to just like sit with yourself mm-hmm. and you don't have to do it, do it alone. You know, like I coach people through that process. And if they're stuck, then I, I, we get into that. We explore what is the stuckness about? What is the resistance about? So mm-hmm. that helps a lot. You're absolutely right that I think it's very difficult for people to identify their strengths. We're used to, um, yeah, not boasting, right? Or like your the validation piece that you mentioned and not wanting to seek that. The way we do it is in three ways. Like we we use the strengths finder, which I'm a huge fan of. I don't know if you're uh familiar with that. What is it? I'm sorry. The strengths finder. Strengths finder. Okay. It's a it's a validated assessment by Gallup. And mm-hmm. yeah, it takes like 45 minutes. 
you you take this assessment and then they basically tell you like, here are your top five strengths. Mm -hmm. So it's really helpful to have this like validated tool to like feedback to you what your strengths are. I mean, you're choosing, you know, you're responding to the answers in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we do, we have a feedback process, which can feel very vulnerable for people because they don't, people don't want to go and get feedback. You know, that's, that doesn't feel, that can be a little intimidating, but we guide, we guide people through that, you know, to make sure you're getting feedback from people that you trust. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Seeking out feedback from people that you trust and who, you know, have your best interest in mind can be so powerful and allowing that positive feedback. right allowing it to land and then we also do like a self um like a self-reflection piece right so with these three things it kind of covers all the bases um yeah and it can be challenging but that you know they don't have to do it alone like we're we're there to, to support them and if they're feeling um intimidated by the process i think that's also really telling you know, right. or we're feeling like, I don't know what my strengths are. I think there's an opportunity there to dig a little bit deeper, to connect to, to your confidence. Right. right? That tells me that, okay, like maybe there's something going on there with your confidence that we need yeah. to What is that about the feedback? Do you think it's like that it's hard for people to take feedback? It's something that I, I guess, fortunately, like I've never had personally a problem with. Like, I don't know. I, oh, yeah? like, I love constructive criticism. Like I was always like, I got that. And I was just always the one like, okay, I'll work on that, you know, down. But it does, it seems like it's almost a lot for a lot of people. It's almost better to stay in the dark with it. Is mm-hmm. that, do you think that's something that people think that they should know this stuff already? Or it's like they they know that if they get feedback, they're going to be forced to change. Like, what do you think that is? That is almost like such a, there's some hesitancy of kind of getting truthful about themselves. Yeah. I think it could be for, it could be different for everyone. I could share, do you want me to share my challenges as feedback? Please. Cause I, okay. Cause I tend to seek out feedback quite a bit, especially as a business owner. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely hate it. Like it's like very triggering for me. And sometimes I'm like, oh my God, why do I do this to myself? But (laughs) I'm a coach. So like I have to, you know, like find that balance of getting feedback, but it's really tough. Um, I think it's different for everyone. For me, it triggers my fear of rejection. So, which actually goes back to my story of being a refugee, like moving here and getting acclimated to a completely new school with new kids, not speaking the language. It was a really tough time. And I didn't make this connection until years later, Mm. but a lot of the experiences that I had then impacted my entrepreneurial journey. And I have this huge fear of rejection, you know, that I experienced as a kid coming here. So feedback triggers that for me. Mm. So I think whatever it is, you know, it might be different for someone else, but I think the key is, is like, what is that wound or that trigger that the feedback is like tapping on for you. And then I think it's important to find a balance. You know, I'm always going to seek out feedback, but if I find that I'm like, okay, this is feeling too much. I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to pause from it. Yeah. Is that, is that helpful? Well, 100%. Yeah. It's interesting because as an entrepreneur, it's like we fail a lot more often than we succeed. So like, and we, you learn from that feedback. So it is, it's almost like, yeah, you might not like it, but you almost, you, you're like, no, I have to put myself 
in this situation. And mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's probably similar, like the more you do it, the more you get more reference points on it. So it's a little bit less painful each time that you get it in uh, from there. But are most of the people that the people that you work with, the ones that you, uh, you know, start up with as clients, is it, is this kind of the first time that they're kind of going into these things or is it they've tried a bunch of things before and like they're, they're still stuck? Like what's kind of the people, what's the first conversation like when people are really coming in and talking to you? Yeah. So I've had clients who have like been doing like the hamster wheel thing for years and they're so fed up and and done with Mm -hmm. it. Um, And those, it's very typical for those clients who never had worked with a coach before. So Mm -hmm. all the exercises around going out and getting feedback and figuring out your values and interests are like totally new to them. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds yeah. It's, it seems like, you know, nowadays too, like entrepreneurship, it's uh it's this sexy term that everybody likes that it almost seems that everybody needs to like, maybe they're push. I don't know about like maybe the younger generation more. It's like, it's a start a business, like find, like find this right away. And if you don't find it by 25, then something's wrong with you in there. Yeah. When it's like, I keep going back to the word that you said, like, well, what do you value? Like, and I think that's such a powerful thing. It's like, maybe you value a lot more of spending time with your family, of having more open time, not just in your career. Like maybe your career needs to be a piece of it that's fueling, you know, other stuff. Or maybe you want to dive into, you know, the deepness of, you know, entrepreneurship where you want to work all the time. And that is kind of, you know, your baby. I see this with, um, on the training side all the time with people. It's like thinking that you need to, exercise a certain amount, you know, during the week, like you need to do three days a week, or you need to do five days a week. It's like, I have clients that train twice a week. I have clients that do something every day and it's because it feels better for them. And it's so, it seems like a lot, we get so stuck because we think that there's only one path. There's only one way, you know, to do this. So by kind of breaking it down and actually seeing, no, you can individualize this. Like, what is it that you want about your life? That's most important. I think that's so important. It's just making me think like, yeah, you have to take a step back. Right. And there's all these like scripts and stories that we see out there on social media. And this type of career is really glamorous. There's a lot about entrepreneurship that is not glamorous, you know, Um, that's really challenging. Uh, But yeah, I think it's really important to to connect to the parts that like, if you're whatever path you're going to pursue, or I love the, the workout example that you're giving, right. What fits what, what fits best for you? Like, how does it energize you? How does it drive you? Because we all do have different experiences, different values, and it's really important to honor that. That's how you carve out your most, you know, authentic path, right? Like you do things that, that feel aligned for you, not, not what you're seeing externally. Yeah. And when you get into that process too, like you actually see somebody take a deep breath and realize like, oh, okay, there's a different there's a different way to do this. You know, I think that's one of the big things with now there's so much information out there, you know, we're bombarded with new stuff and new people that are so successful and they have the perfect bodies and all this stuff. So we think like, that's the only way to do it. Like you have to do it that way. When, if that doesn't align with your values at all, you probably feel like a lost puppy in so many many ways of that, where it's like, oh my God, there has to be a different way. So when you go through, so we've got like the interest down, you get into the values, kind of got the strengths. And now people have this information 
from here? Like, what's the next steps from there? Is it like searching out, like how to start a new career or like start a business? Like what's the next steps afterwards that you work with? Yeah. So after you get clear on your purpose and the next steps is to, to really figure out, okay, how is this going to then manifest into a career? right? What does the, the company look like that I want to work for? What does the job role look like? And I think what's really important in that process is to do some research and give yourself time to explore your possibilities. I think oftentimes that's a piece that I see people rushing through, but you know, then you want to think about how do my interests and my values and my strengths align with this opportunity? And it's so powerful when you have that information, because then you can go to a job interview and mm-hmm. you can speak to the things that really drive you. And you can do so from a place of connection and excitement. And the conversation isn't like, hey, you know, I can add value in this way. You're speaking on a much higher level. You're you're talking about your character and the way that you can add value and just from a purpose-driven place. And I think that really connects differently with, with employers and, and with companies. It just, I think it really elevates the conversation and you go in feeling much more connected to these opportunities. Cause you know, like, you know, I'm going to be doing this job role and it aligns with my strengths. I've also seen people, um, negotiates their job role so that it aligns more with their strengths. I had one client who was offered a job and she's like, this is great, but there's some parts of it that don't quite fit for me. And she negotiated around that. And I think that's so awesome. Like that is you awesome. have an opportunity to like customize something. Of course, the company has to agree with it. But when you have that awareness and when you have these tools, like it just puts you more into the driver's seat. Right. You're Mm. not just letting the company like dictate where you're going to go. You're you're like steering your own ship in in your career path. And I think that's awesome. There's so much more control. That's awesome. You know, I remember I had a it was a few weeks back. I had a guy named Mark Ashby on my podcast who's a leadership coach in Australia. And he he goes and he works with teams of kind of changing their culture over. And we talked about what are the, what's the interview process now? It's like, people are coming out and they're asking for things more. They're coming out and they, this is what they want. And he's like, he thought like, as a, as a employer, he thought like maybe people would like almost like push back a little bit, like, no, I'm in charge here. When he actually realized like, no, it was so much more of a, there was so much more of a synergy in the conversation of that. And I went back and remembered when I was a manager of a club and I was hiring people, the best interviews that I had and the people I eventually worked with for the longest times going back to the interview process, they asked me questions that were really important to them at the same Uh time. It wasn't just a, you know, yes, no type question. It's like, no, they came in prepared with questions. And then all of a sudden it was just such a beautiful conversation about it. And I think that's one of the things with, especially getting to career, because I mean, you have family, you have career, you have your health. I mean, these are the big things in life. It's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you can go after what you want. You don't necessarily have to go out and start your own thing. There's a job for you that you can do, Mm -hmm. but have these things down and get these questions down. And then all of a sudden, you know exactly what's right for you. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Also, I just want to say, I love that you have that memory of these conversations because I think that's it, right? It's obviously that was really impactful for you. And the process can be more collaborative, especially when you find the right company. Companies that really live their values 
are looking for for people who have that connection to their own values and their own strengths and their interests like they want it to be you know they don't want it to be this like uh, i don't know what the word is but i think the ideal is that collaborative energy right like right we want it to be beneficial for you and we obviously want it to be beneficial for us it's more of a win-win is what i'm yeah. trying to say 100 yeah. i mean that's why i started this podcast you know i mean i had my former partner we had another podcast that we did and realized i valued connection over anything else and getting so much from connecting with other people and having just a conversation and like I say, it could be very interviewy, like a Q&A type thing of just rolling down a Rolodex. I'm like, if it ever feels like that, I'm done. Like this is, that is not what I want to do. Like I want to just talk with other people and learn some stuff because that, that fuels me up so I can work with the people I'm working with more. And that's, you know, what it's about because that's what it is. It's about connection with yeah. them. So, and it is, so it's like, you know, kind of coming full circle on there. That's why I started of doing what I do now. And that led me into wanting to work with people who are kind of on the strength side, trying to find their purpose. It's very similar, Belma. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's so many people who have done good things for themselves in their health, but still feel like something's missing. Like they've mm -hmm. checked off those boxes, but it's not authentically theirs. Okay. We need to dive into something different. Okay. What are you interested in? What kind of tools do you really like to utilize? All right, go deeper into that. Let's try this a little bit more. And then all of a sudden there's an exploratory feel. There's a creative side to it. And that's tapping into both sides of the brain. And that's when it gets really fun. And it's like, holy shit, like this isn't work anymore. Like it doesn't feel like we're, you know, pushing and or there's resistance. Now it's like, oh, we're trying to explore and trying to find new stuff about ourselves. Like you that's can do amazing. that in so many different realms. Yeah, that's incredible. And I, it makes working out it feel yeah like much more energizing i think right especially when there's that initial resistance of like oh i have to go do all this stuff right and it sounds like you work with your your clients on a lot more than just exercise like they're getting to explore uh their resistance and i think that's such a powerful thing to support clients with as a coach yeah well and i think and the piece on you know, what you do, your career side too, like, it's just, it's so powerful because, you know, I mean, so many people are, they're working positions where it just doesn't align completely with them. And I'm not saying you need to go quit your job tomorrow and, you know, and, and walk your path in there. Like everybody has obligations and responsibilities. However, if you do these practices, if you find your interests and your values and you find your strengths, all of a sudden you could start making some plans just to align this a little bit more. So what's your, what's the time frame with a lot of people you work with? Like are usually people ready to jump right into something new or is this a, is there like a time frame path that you work with people of kind of getting them into a new job or a new career? Yeah, I think it depends. Um, I would say, yeah, it depends on the individual and what they're experiencing. So clients who come to us and they're like super burned out, usually they it takes a little bit longer because they need some time to process that burnout and to work through it and to start operating in a in a healthier way so that when they're doing the career work, it's coming from a clear-headed place. So to answer your question, I would say anywhere from four to six months. Okay. But I've also had clients, we, we used to have a membership community and I have clients who would join our, our membership and then they would like be ready to go with their next career in two months. I think that's more on the, you know, that's a little bit more rare. Uh -huh. um, you have to be like super 
just primed or ready for it. So the average, I would say four to six and sometimes longer too, depending on, on the people's situation and what they're going through. That's what I, that's why I assumed it was probably somewhere around that time. Cause like I said, I mean, especially with self-exploration of these things, I mean, these things take some time. Like it's not just, Oh, what are your strengths and just bullet point them out. And then you're done with it. It's like, actually put some practice, put some practice into it. Like new clients I have, I was like, just start getting in the process of journaling, just write five minutes a day, just get in the habit of doing yeah. it. Then we'll get into all the deeper shit as we go down the line. But it's like just getting, just getting down into that practice is the big thing. So, so one thing I wanted to ask you is that term burnout. Like, I think that's, yeah. it's an interesting word. And I don't know if I fully even believe exactly what it is. Cause I, th- I think a lot of times it's like, you're not doing something obviously that you're passionate about, but yeah. when people say like, I'm burnt out, like, what are they saying from that? Like, what's your definition of burnout? Yeah. Burnout to me means you're so exhausted that you're coming home at the end of the day or logging off from your computer at the end of the day. And you have zero energy for anything else in your life. You have zero energy for your mental health, your emotional health, um, for your family. Like you're basically just going through the motions because you're just, you're so exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you said earlier too, about finding that flow state, you know, it's that energy Mm -hmm. in there. It's like, uh, you know, Sifu Singh, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, you know, talks about energy flow and it's like energy never leaves or you never aimed it. It just gets, it's just, it changes. Like you yeah. can just change your energy over. So finding those things that are in flow with you, it's, that's yeah. why I saw like, I was in times when I thought I was burnt out, then all of a sudden something re-engaged my passion. Then all of a sudden, holy shit, I had energy. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, yeah, that's a, that's a good, that's a good point from when you just kind of feel dull. And that. dull. that's a great word. Yeah. And I think when people are, I mean, burnout, there's so many, there's so many reasons we burn out, right? something I see with my clients that when they're in a place of burnout, like I see their minds racing all the time, Mm -hmm. right? They're so worried or they're like riddled with self-doubt, lack of confidence, things like that, um, or just pure exhaustion, like doing too much and not knowing their boundaries, not honoring their boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that stuff I think can lead people to this place of just feeling totally depleted and dull. I love that word. That's a really good word. Well, yeah. And then it just, it seems then like everything else, even if it's not that bad, seems like it's even worse. It's like, yeah. oh, I don't have this down. And then all of a sudden, like, I would, I would think that sometimes too, this is such a stupid example, but mm-hmm. I'll throw it out there. Like if I'm in one of those places of like mental fog and I see dishes in the sink, that looks like a monumental task. That's, yeah. oh my God, I got to do the freaking dishes too. Plus that it's like, everything starts to just get a little bit more heightened. Yeah. And it's kind of gets the same thing. Like if you feel like your career's like off the path, everything else seems like it's off. I see the same thing with health. If you're not exercising right, then everything else seems like it's going down the path too. So yeah, yeah. just work on it one at a time and just build it back up, right? Yeah. Uh, can I share one thing I'm a huge fan of? Please. I'm obsessed with this term. I think I made it up, but I don't remember when, Uh, but I love the idea of imperfect action, you know, just like taking that one step forward and just, you don't have to do it right. It doesn't have to be perfect. You're just like, I'm thinking of your dishes. Like you just go, just clean one dish, you know, you don't have to clean it perfectly, but just do that one dish, take that imperfect action. And I think that can create a lot of momentum to keep going. Mm. Yeah, that's perfect. So 
I think that's a great spot. To, and that, that reminds me when I talked with Luca the other day, he said, it's like, keep, don't worry about getting your best days out there. Like build your shitty and your average days up every day, make those oh, over that. and over again. It's kind of the same flow from here. Oh, I love that. Um, awesome. Thelma, this has been awesome. It's been great connecting with you. I really appreciate you taking the time. I love the work that you're doing with work bigger. Um, you know, I think it's, I think it's, it's necessary in the world that we have with so much confusion, um, you know, with people getting stuck in where they think they are, knowing that there's a path to get out here, they, they do it on the health side, do it on the career side, whatever it is, but know that you're not stuck. There's people out there that can help you find this path. And I know you're one of them. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me. This has been so much fun. And yeah, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, no doubt. Me too. So if people want to check out your work, uh, follow, um, you know, your work, where's the best place that they can go do that? Yeah, you can go on our website, workbigger.co. And we have a free class on there, which is all about how to find your purpose and your superpower. So workbigger.co is the place to, to get it. Perfect. Awesome. And Facebook, Instagram, all that type of stuff. Too. We're also on Instagram. I do some really fun reels. Uh, you there can find us at workbigger on Instagram too. <laughs> awesome. Belma, thank you so much. Um, listeners, thank you so much. Go follow Belma. I'll talk to you guys on the next one. Peace. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found some great value here. And if you like this episode, please drop a comment and leave us a five-star rating and review. It does more to build the show than you can imagine. And do not forget to check out and join the Strength Connection Facebook group. In this group, I share the biggest takeaways and lessons from these amazing conversations, as well as training and strength tips for pursuing mastery and fulfillment in life. It's, this group is filled with individuals looking to take full control over their strength, and it's the perfect space to explore new ideas and to share your journey. And you'll also get exclusive access to the Strength Connection Mastery Seminars. It's a deep dive into the physical, mental, and spiritual training that you can begin using immediately. So do not wait. Go now. Seriously, go. I right, much love to you. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next one.